you know, we've talked a lot about this in between media this season. There's going to be curveballs coming your way. Hate's a strong word. I dislike Kirk Cousins more than probably any other quarterback. I get a little bit of that rookie-itis, you know? I would have said, I would love to look what you're Even though I'm straight, I'm still stuck between an interpretation, what it all means. Can I make a difference for something different? My mind in prison, then I saw the vision. Played the field, it's no competition. Found success through the repetition. If it's impossible, stick to the mission. I'm just cruising through on my way to get it. I found myself somewhere in between. Yeah, I found myself somewhere in between. All right, all right, all right. Welcome in, everybody. This is the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. It's Wednesday, May 19th, or if you're listening to the pre-recorded audio version, you can check it out on Friday, May 21st. I'm Seth Woolcock. I'm going to be your host for the evening. You can find me on the Twitter bird at between underscore Seth FF, joined by my usual suspects tonight, Nate Polvo at Janate Jack FF on Twitter and your boy Scott Rainier holding down out there in Seattle at Munder Difflin FF. And guys, we have a very special guest for you tonight. We're going to be talking about everything from the drama in Jacksonville, Tim Tebow returning, some quad picks. Um, <laughs> and to do that, we're going to be doing it with a very special guest, Daddy's Home FF, Mike Faela. What's up, Mike? What's up, guys? How y'all doing tonight? I'm doing not great. Doing, not doing too bad. Good. You thought you sounded like a little hungover, a little burp in the middle there. Oh, you know. Well, <laughs> just drink it it's, off. You'll be fine. Exactly. It's it's, it's Wednesday. Yeah. No, that's the perfect time to get hammered. Yeah. So let's just yep. do that. Awesome. Awesome. We appreciate everyone tuning in tonight. Um, it's been just under a year since In Between Media has been live and launched. This is season three, episode eight. So we've been doing this a little while, still suck at it, but we're going to be here no matter what. Um, as I said, we got a jam-packed show for you tonight. We're going to do some headline hijinks, break down all this NFL news going on. We're going to unveil a new segment, Would You Rather, have a little bit of fun with Mike. And we're going to round it out with some uh, discussion on how we're going to get back to normal. Uh, COVID-19 sanctions have been lifted a little bit and uh, some good news coming from the CDC this week. So we're excited to break that all down for you guys tonight. Hey, I just want to say one more time, Nate, Scott, Mike, I appreciate you guys being here. Uh, summer's around the corner, so I'm excited to, to hang out with you guys on a Wednesday night. Yeah, man. This, uh, summer is right around the corner, even though I still have our heat on because I live in <laughs> stupid Colorado. Bro, it's like 85 here. I'm, I'm like dripping. Like, I might be topless by the time we get to these headlines. So, just do it, dude. That up. Yeah. That's the goal. Bring in the viewers. We can that, talk that, about your OnlyFans. Like, it's going to be perfect. That, that's what I figure. A little nipple, and, and we'll probably, you know, probably get things rolling. So, absolutely. Uh, all right, guys. Let's start it off with some headline hijinks. <laughs> All right, so since the last time we've talked, guys, everyone in the industry has really been talking a lot about the rookies. I feel like we've exhausted a little bit of those discussions. So we're going to talk about more exhausting discussions, and starting with the Aaron Rodgers saga. I mean, it's been an on-again, off-again relationship for uh, Rodgers and the Packers, especially dating back to 2020 when they drafted Jordan Love, uh, traded back into the first round to do so. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start here, guys. With Aaron Rodgers, it's uncertain whether or not he's going to be the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers at the start of the 2021 season. How does this affect the value of himself, Devontae Adams, and Aaron Jones in redraft leagues? Uh, Nate, starting with your headline, and then we'll go around the room, Serpentine. Cool. So my headline is, should I stay or should I go? Rodgers unrest leaves Jones and Adams' future in doubt, Um, which I think is kind of a fair statement. With Adam Jones, Aaron Adam Jones, Aaron Jones, 
I'm kind of I, I kind of bump him up if Rodgers leaves because whether it's Jordan Love or I mean Blake Bortles apparently. Blake um, I just they're going to have to rely on the run game, so that elevates Jones for me and AJ Dillon, and not just because of his beautiful thighs because he doesn't even have the biggest thighs in the league, which we'll get to later. But as far as Devontae Adams goes, I, you know probably fade him a little but mm-hmm. not a ton because he's still an incredibly talented receiver and he gives a great target, especially if it's Blake Bortles. I probably like him a little bit more than if it's Jordan Love. So, I mean, and we're so far out still. We don't know what's going to happen. If they lose Aaron Rodgers, I mean, they could trade for Teddy Bridgewater from the Broncos and now we could be looking at Bridgewater there. True. And that completely changes how I feel about both of those players, all three of those players. Okay, my my headline hijinks is... Uh... It's, it's a little simple. Uh, I don't love it. So, um, I honestly, I, I have no idea if Aaron Rodgers is going to stay or go. There's a lot of talk going on, people that are pretty sure one way or the other. Um, I mean, it's, it's basically an NFL soap opera playing out right in front of our faces, which, I mean, for entertainment value, that's, that's good. Um, my guess is he's played his last snap for the Packers. Wow. Unless he comes back as a tight end in 2029 or something. <laughs> but um, he's going to be on Kenny Maine's farewell ESPN show. I suggest everybody watch that if you can. I love Kenny Maine. He's going to be on that show. He's been, you know, he was on the, uh, what did he, he did it. He did a spot during the Kentucky Derby, you know, with some cryptic answers. He's not going to give anything away. Um, the fact that that news that he's unhappy came out on draft day, it doesn't mean he said that on draft day. That's just when it was released. So, I'm not really sure. Um, you got mand- mandatory minicamp coming up. You know, if he doesn't show up to that, that's another signal. But again, not another. It's it's not definitive either way. Right. So I think we're going to have to let it play out. I mean, like I said, it's entertaining to to check the news every day and see what happened. If Aaron Rodgers leaves, they're going to decrease in value. There's mm-hmm. no way around it. I mean, he's first ballot, reigning MVP. It's just even if Jordan Love massively exceeds his expectations, he can't replace that. So at the same time, Devonta Adams is such a monster that, um, you know, if, if, as far as redraft goes, I would fade him from the top spot, but he'd still probably be in my like top five or six, even with yeah. Rodgers. I mean, mm-hmm. he's just a machine. I mean, his PPR points, whether it's you're talking about touchdowns, receiving yards or receptions, it's all fairly even. You can take away any of them and he's still number one. So, I mean, he's just a really consistent. Um, he just he scores the fantasy points and I think he will. So absolutely. Mike, what's, what's your headline? What's your take on the Aaron Rodgers situation, how it's going to play out in redrafts here? All right. So I don't know if you guys have Packers fans in the chat, but you're not going to in a minute. So I apologize because <laughs> I'm, I'm going between two headlines and I'm not sure which one we like more. Uh, the first one is Rogers bails on another family. Uh, <laughs> and the second one is Bortles can lose in the conference championship game too. Uh, so I guess it depends on which one you want to go with uh, in terms of what's a fun headline. Sorry, Packers, but, you know, one in five, it's, it's embarrassing. Uh, so anyway, um, so with Rogers bailing on another family, what does this do to the team? Uh, the fact is you are looking at a stacked box. I think realistically the person that hurts the most is A.J. Dillon. The reason why I say that is because he is a zero in the passing game. He, he just doesn't get involved. He's between the tackles guy. They already lost their center in the offseason. There's already question yeah. marks about the line. Then with the stack box, what are we going to look at? Aaron Jones, realistically, when you look at Aaron Jones and what he does you're going to lose some yardage. You're going to lose some touchdown opportunities. But what you're going to gain is dump-off passes from quarterbacks that aren't throwing the ball downfield. I mean, what is especially a young quarterback's best friend? You're looking at Tunyon and Aaron Jones. Uh, right. Devontae Adams is, is Devontae Adams. I mean, that realistically, we're going to find out, is he one of the best wide receivers in the league, or did Aaron Rodgers make Devontae Adams? I, I think it's the former. I do think Devontae Adams is a beast. I don't think mm-hmm. this is a Michael Thomas situation where a changing quarterback is going to completely submarine him. Mm-hmm. I think this is a guy who can get it done. Now, what the problem is, is that Devontae Adams' fantasy value was also extremely propped up by red zone touchdowns. I mean, he was basically a goal line back when you look at where his numbers came from. Yeah. So not getting in the goal line as much – probably a little bit of an issue. So I think, uh, you know, one of your commenters had it best, which is 
everybody goes down a little bit because the offense goes down yeah. a little bit. Um, but A.J. Dillon is the one that I think realistically drops considerably uh, because that is a between-the-tackles runner where you're going to have a stack box. I mean, the Packers haven't seen eight men in the box realistically probably since 1987 at this point, so it's going to be a complete reshape, right? So when we look at it that way, that's the guy that I'm fading the most in this situation, followed by Devontae Adams. Aaron Jones, I still think where you're getting him when you talk about the cost of acquisition has already been a steal. That's um, fair. So oh, realistically, yeah. he might be just on the cusp of right-sized in terms of cost mm-hmm. of acquisition. So overall, not worried about Jones. You guys know I've been a huge Jones backer anyway. Uh, the most disrespected top three running back I've ever seen in my life. Uh, yeah. So I'm still all in Aaron Jones, not, not a single worry mm-hmm. there. Uh, but overall, I think in the end, I think realistically this is just a, a child who's going to get what he wants and is going to stay, uh, whether that is a removal of the general manager, whether that's an extension, I think they're going to find some way to appease Aaron Rodgers. And I think he will end up taking snaps for the Packers this year. And when he does, we'll just forget about the drama and watch them lose in the conference championship game like they always do. <laughs> I do think it's going to be a little bit like the Russell Wilson situation. I think they're going to try to make him happy, whatever that is, what, whether that's going out trading for another weapon or, or, or just, you know, giving into whatever his demands are. He, he definitely deserves d- deserves what, what, what he wants, I, I think, in a way. But as, as far as fantasy goes, like, I'm buying the dip with Devontae Adams. Like, we've been doing mock drafts. We've been doing startup drafts. Like Mike said, I've been all over Aaron Jones wherever, wherever I can get yeah. him this season. I just got him in a best ball draft recently, just took him in, in another draft here, uh, in a mock draft in the last couple of weeks. Like, you can get him. In the back half of the first round, he's going to probably be a top five RB no matter what this season. Buy that dip there and buy, like, if Devontae Adams, if he's going around the back half of the second round, which I think is where he went in our latest mock, like, I'm willing to take him there. But we'll see how it plays out, guys. Um, Moving forward here, how are we feeling about the situation in Jacksonville? Um, We'll go in reverse order this time, starting with Mike. Mike. Um, obviously that Tim Tebow is not officially signed in Jacksonville yet, but rumor has it he is going to. Um, no, wait, hold on a second. I thought he had officially signed. I think I, he officially, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Pen to paper. Okay. Cause I, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if it was official or, or not yet, but um, Mike with the Tim Tebow situation and, and obviously Travis Etienne, that situation kind of just, you know, stab dynasty managers in the throat who own James Robinson. So how are you feeling about this whole mess with ETN taking reps with the receivers and Tim Tebow joining the team? How do you feel about Jacksonville right now? All right. So I guess for my headline, Jesus finally makes it to Florida, uh, which I think is big for the state. Uh, so, so we have that going for us, which is great. Did he go to Florida? Uh, <laughs> Tebow did go to Florida. He, yeah. I, I don't know what happened to the state when he left, but downhill. it wasn't good. It wasn't uh, da- good. Downhill. So realistically, when, when you look at the Tim Tebow situation, and and I know Nate, you've heard me talk about this in in some of the chats that we're in as well. Tight end. Uh, th- this idea of a converted tight end is hilarious to me. Uh, you're taking basically what is a combination of an offensive tackle and a wide receiver and jamming it into one and deciding you're going to roll out somebody who's never done either of those and make them a tight end. Right. Sure. Uh, he's going to learn about trees and blocking schemes during minicamp and become a star. This is it's a PR move. I'm not worried about that. The big thing that I love, I, I love the fact that ETN lining up as a wide receiver has everybody triggered. Buy it, uh, buy, 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 buy what you're getting for any kind of discount. They did not use a first round pick on a running back to convert him to a slot wide receiver. Uh, the fact is, this is basically what I consider to be the reverse of Antonio Gibson. Uh, when Antonio Gibson came to the league, and you look at the way that he was used last year. Uh, They used them exclusively as a running back, which is um, interesting because by trade, he's a wide receiver, but they paired him with a very good pass catching running back in J.D. McKissick. Uh, 
And the reason why I believe they did that is because they needed him to learn how to be a running back. And that man has answered all the questions. When you look at ETN, there has been this strange narrative going around that I've heard for quite a while. And I heard it about CEH last year, too, that he is a pass-catching running back extraordinaire, um, which honestly couldn't be further from the case. Uh, you you were thinking Najee Harris. You were clearly watching the wrong running back. Uh, but, but the fact is, is that this is a – a spot where realistically he could get better. He has area to improve. So I think that as much as we want to tear into Urban Meyer, and trust me, I think he's a terrible coach and a, and, and a worse human being, uh, but it's not a bad idea during minicamp to have this man running routes and to have him working on pass catching. In fact, if it wasn't Urban Meyer and it was a good coach, I would say, wow, that is a smart move right there because that's where his area of improvement is. Uh, so I think that realistically anybody who's dropping Travis Etienne because of this, uh, pick him up, get yep. things rolling. Uh, but the other thing is, is the James Robinson dip has gone far too low. Uh, you know, what people are doing with this guy who clearly showed that he was a player, I believe contract is up at the end of 2022, still going to have obviously some tread on the tire, still a young man. Uh, I, I don't know why people are just completely giving up on him. Like the NFL hasn't shown us time and time again that they're going to use two running backs and that this guy is more skilled between the tackles than Travis Etienne. If you don't believe that, you also haven't really been paying that close of attention. Uh, <laughs> right. So when you look at the Thunder and Lightning and think of the first season of Kamara and Ingram, dang, I liked Ingram more that year. Uh, I absolutely did. So I think when you're talking about long-term, I am all in Etienne, love the player, love his game. Uh, when you're talking about redraft, he will be equal to, if not a little bit worse than James Robinson, in my opinion, when you look at realistically how fantasy scoring works and what I'm looking for, which is who is going to fall in to the end zone on a one-yard dive for six points. And I think that's going to be Robinson. So I'm not worried about ETM being a wide receiver. I'm not worried about the long-term output. I'm not worried about James Robinson. The only thing I'm worried about is that Urban Meyer just up and leaves at one point and that team just gets weird. Uh, but overall, I think you're in a great situation. Two solid running backs, rookie quarterback coming in. I, I, I like this offense and nothing that I've heard this offseason has changed my mind on that because it's freaking May. Uh, so now's not really yeah, exactly. time to be making decisions. So I, I think the Jacksonville dip is fine. Go ahead and, and and grab those players because realistically, this is a bunch of coach speak in um in May, and and I, I pay little attention to that. Yep. Uh, I'm glad Mike mentioned May. My headline is it's May. So what should we talk about? Um, <laughs> I'm not honestly spending a lot of time on either of these stories. Um, there has been a, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Urban Meyer, you know, I mean, regardless of how you feel about him, either as a college coach or a person, whatever, about him already being a terrible NFL coach. Um, I'll reserve judgment till maybe like October-ish or once he's actually coached some games. Um, although one of my favorites was uh, the rest of the NFL is playing checkers and Urban Meyer is eating his crayons. That made me laugh out loud. Um that's pretty funny, but I, I have no idea. And I mean, there's the Chip Kelly comparisons coming from college, very successful mm -hmm. college coach and what what ended up happening with his team. So we'll see. And I mean, you know, Tebow from, from I, I wasn't aware it was official, but regardless, it's a very, very low risk, low cost move to bring him in. Yeah. Um, and I mean, honestly, at this point, whether he comes in for a locker room presence, whether he comes in to just share some of his experience as an NFL player with Trevor Lawrence, not how to throw the ball. That was never going to be it. You know, he, he was never going to teach Trevor Lawrence how to play quarterback. It's ridiculous. But if he offers any kind of support like that, and I mean, maybe he runs a few routes at tight end or something like that. I don't know. Regardless, it's, it's news because his name's Tim Tebow. That's the only reason it's news. There's exactly. no other reason. I mean, it's just not really worth my time to be honest. Yep. Um, except I, Took the opportunity to make a funny TikTok video about it. But um, regarding Etienne, um, again, this is much to do about nothing. Like, how how long is rookie minicamp? Camp? A few days, right? Yeah. In May. Like, exactly. I don't care. Whatever he does or doesn't do in that tiny little window of time doesn't change my outlook on him at all. I really like what Mike said about the, the positives of doing that. 
There's also, you know, the issue with Trevor Lawrence not able to hand the ball off. He's not yeah. cleared to do that yet. Re regardless of what the reason is, I don't really care. Um, I think he's going to be a stud in this league. Uh, maybe not this year, but I think he's going to, he's got long-term value in this league and that hasn't changed. So. Yeah. I'm so you stole my headline. Did I? Uh, I much ado about nothing. Well, I said it's May. We, it's May. What should we talk about? Well, yeah, your headline didn't steal my headline, but then you stole oh, my headline. I said headline. it. Oh. You did it. No, it's fine. You were just, you're just lubing me up here. So, I mean, <laughs> but, but seriously, it really is much ado about nothing. It's, it's okay. So, first thing, and this is, these are some conversations like things Jen and I talk about is all this stuff is happening. Cause believe it or not, we really do talk a ton of football together. It's May, guys. It's May. And yeah. Scott, to your point, Trevor Lawrence wasn't cleared to make that handoff motion after that shoulder surgery. So, of course, he's not going to be handing the ball off to running backs. And this is a perfect opportunity to take a guy who is not a good pass catcher out of the backfield and get him reps. And if you saw any of the film of Travis Etienne trying to catch the ball, he's still not good at it. So, no, he's not going to be a slot receiver. He's a running back who is getting some reps as a pass catching back because it just made the most sense in the rookie camp in May. Mm -hmm. And as far as Tim Tebow, so I'm, and I, it's interesting because I've seen people who are now fading LaVisca Chenault because of it. Like, oh, well, for, I've been fading yeah, him for a you've while, been fading though. him forever. It has nothing to do with Etienne. <laughs> but people are now thinking that Travis Etienne is going to take over this like slash role that everyone thinks LaVisca Chenault's going to have just because he's working out at wide receiver and because Urban Meyer said something really stupid about it. Yeah, and, and, and Nate, I think you hit it on the head there, man. Um, to kind of round out this discussion here on Jacksonville, my headline was Maxon relaxing down in Jackson. And, like, it's honestly what you guys said already. I don't need to reiterate it. I think this is more PR moves than anything. Moving forward, guys, the other big news, you know, if you want to call it quote unquote news, Scott, um, to, to hit the airwaves this week was none other than this image of Mike Davis. I mean, <laughs> yes. Uh, so what? those of you who do not know Mike Davis, um, I imagine most of you guys do, but he was a running back, um, started his career with Seattle, um, faded after a little bit there, ended up in Chicago. After a game there, he was demoted for David Montgomery, finds his way to Carolina, ends up having a bounce-back 2020 season after Christian McCaffrey goes down. Um, pretty good feel-good story. And then to see that picture of Mike Davis, like I've known this guy. like I've been hot on him a little bit in, in redrafts. I've taken him in a lot of mocks. I think I just took him in our best ball uh, startup that we just had. Like, uh, like I, I've been all over the place on, on Mike Davis. Um, so I'm going to – Go ahead and, and, and kick our headline hijinks off with this one. And for me, it's quad squad rollout. Um, if you saw anything that A.J. Dillon posted earlier on Twitter, he's got a whole quad squad starting five. I think it was Saquon himself, uh, Mike Davis. Um, I, I can't even remember who the other guys were. They're but crushing watermelons with their thighs. Today, <laughs> <laughs> like we love, my, we love I was going to eat that. <laughs> and – I mean, I, I think the big takeaway here is like, like obviously, I, I hope this doesn't raise Mike Davis's ADP too much because I, I've been in on Mike Davis before, like before the draft. I, I thought I didn't think Atlanta needed to address running back as bad as everyone else thought, so I was getting him back then. I think we did an early mock, and Mike, I think you were in that one, and it, I think I got him around the tenth, tenth round, and that was that was prior to the draft. Now he was closer to the fifth or sixth round. I think he's going up a little bit now. Mike, um, I know you're sweating over there, man. Um, it's hot up there where you are. You're seeing quad picks, bro. What do you got for us, man? Oh, man. So I guess I'll reference my quote tweet from um, Matthew Berry when they talked about uh, Mike Davis's rise. And the only thing I rose from is from 6 to midnight. You know what I mean? Like those <laughs> pictures, uh, you know, get the party started. Yeah, straight up, Scott, you know, tucking in the waistband. Um, but, yeah, so <laughs> – is this a part where you take your shirt off? <laughs> it, it's, it's getting close. Uh, so, realistically, though, with Mike Davis, yeah, absolutely. He is, again, th this narrative around Mike Davis that, you know, he was going to get beat up by Reggie Bonifin when he came back last year, right? Like that he just can't do it. He's, he's a jag. 
and all he does is produce. And realist, when you look at redraft, and let's just go ahead and talk about who do I look at in terms of value for Mike Davis is essentially it's like getting Chris Carson in the sixth round. I mean, that's the type of player you're getting. This guy has speed, no matter how much you want to look at him being a, a larger man, as we saw in that picture. Uh, I mean, th this dude has some giddy up. He can catch passes. And his backup last I checked that everybody's trying to hype up uh, is 184 pounds. Uh, let, let's, let's make sure we keep an eye on. Uh, and I like Hawkins' game as much as anybody else does. Yeah. But thinking that this dude is NFL ready to pick up a blitz is, is borderline comical right. at this point. So so what you have realistically, and you know, we talked about Chris Carson. Uh, the other guy that I would comp him to is, is 2020 James Robinson in terms of how often is he really going to come off of the field? And this is not a slouch of an offense. This isn't a ground and pound team that's going to be winning 10 to seven. They can't play defense worth the damn. So the offense is going to be constantly yeah. on the yeah. field. He's going to be a check down option in the passing game. He's going to be the only guy getting carries. And realistically right now, the only thing that you're worried about is potentially that they bring back touchdown vulture and Todd Gurley, who, who obviously is still in the free agent market. Uh, other than Todd Gurley signing there and protecting, potentially having a goal line back situation with Gurley. What else are you really worried about with Mike Davis other than it's not going to be sexy to tweet out that I just drafted Mike Davis. And this is where we get ourselves in so much trouble is people try to build these pretty rosters. And I would rather have an ugly winner. Give me Chris Carson give me Mike Davis, you know, give me those Robert Woods. Like there's so many of these guys that have shown you what they are and yet you still can't see their ADP rise. Uh, this picture, as much as we want to joke about it, isn't going to do it either. I mean, this guy is going to be a steal for you. And I, I don't see what the problem is. I never really see what the problem is. I have him as a running back two on one of my teams. And I couldn't be happier. I have him and McCaffrey. It literally worked out perfect for me the way this offseason played out. Uh, I'm set as hell at running back. And it was like, you want to trade for running back two? I'm like, I have one. I mean, that's what Mike Davis is. He's a running back two for running back four yep. prices. Uh, I'm yep. all in this year. All right. My headline for this one is, would you like thighs with that? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love this whole thigh obsession thing. It's funny. Um, it's actually, so some, great. Somebody, somebody took this photo. I don't remember who it was. It made the thighs even bigger. And man, I almost spit out my drink. It was just like comically like large, Popeye style. Anyway, um, I do like I'm borrowing. I like to borrow stuff from other people. But I like the the thought that he injected half of Javian Hawkins into his left thigh <laughs> and the other half of Javian Hawkins into his right thigh. Um, but, be you know, he's a specimen. He's a large dude. He's a professional athlete. You know, they're, they're big, fast, and strong. Um, but the thigh, the whole thigh thing doesn't change anything as to how I feel about him. Um, I liked Mike Davis before the thighs. I like Mike Davis after the thighs. Um, I mean, the only thing the thighs does really is we can't really call him an unsexy pick anymore. Um, <laughs> have you seen those thighs? Um, but no, I mean, like, I, you know, he's a, he's a journeyman. He's never been like top five. You know, he was yeah. drafted by the Niners, taken off their practice squad by the Seahawks. But he's when he's been given the opportunity, he's shown that he can handle it wherever he's gone. Um, I think he's a great value. He's one of those guys. I think Mike hit it on the head. He's one of those guys. He's going to get, um, you know, bell cow type work, and you can have him in the fifth, sixth round. I mean, yeah, that's hard to that's hard to come by. You know, last year he had a sixty plus percent opportunity share in Carolina. I think that's only going to go up. You know, at the worst, he's got the same amount of competition in this backfield, but likely less. Um, so I think that goes up. He's going to a better offense. Arthur Smith is now the head coach. They have a lethal oh, yeah. passing attack. Yep. Yep. And I mean, like the thing about, you know, yeah, he's not like, he's not Chris Johnson. He's not Tyreek Hill in his speed, but he was yeah. top 10 in juke rate and evaded tackles last year. And he was number one overall in attempts per broken tackle. Dude is hard to tackle. He's yeah. hard to bring down. And he can catch the ball like I and he's 
he's with the team that was everybody's one of you know one of the favorite landing landing spots for any of the top rookies. Oh, if they go to Atlanta, they're yep. going to be monsters. It's like, well, yeah. then why isn't you know Davis has he's a proven player. So I mean, to me, he is just he's a solid RB two in yep. redraft. He's a solid RB two, and Mike, I like it because. I saw that as soon as they didn't, as soon as the Falcons didn't draft a running back. I don't know if it was you, but somebody said, "Oh, spending spending all that money to pick up Mike Davis when CMC got hurt last year is really looking good now." Mm-hmm. You know, yep. so yep. so and I mean, I, I really liked him when he was on the Seahawks. I really wish they would have kept him. So I also have some some Homer interest in rooting for the guy. Awesome, that's fair. So mine is thick thighs win championships. <laughs> I liked Mike Davis before all of this. I liked Mike Davis before he even signed with Atlanta when he was a free agent. And I didn't care if he re-signed in Carolina or what happened because he's he's talented. And like Mike, like you were talking about, like he's a good pass catching back and he showed what he was capable of when CMC was hurt last season. So why wouldn't you buy that? I got him in the 24th round of a dynasty startup oh. two days before. And I, t- I told you about this, Seth. Yeah. But two days before he signed with Atlanta, I got him in the 24th round. Oof, and that is, that is value. I think that he's going to be he's going to be the workhorse in that offense at running back. Yep. There's just nobody else there to do it. They didn't pick up anybody in the draft. This offense is is on the up. I mean, I'm really excited to see how much Kyle Pitts helps Matt Ryan. I legitimately think that there's a chance that we're talking about Matt Ryan as an MVP candidate by the end of the season because this offense has improved so much. And I know their defense was bad last year, but they actually did make some moves in the draft to get, they got an edge rusher. They got two guys that are very good coverage corner. They got a good coverage corner and a coverage safety. I think their defense is going to be better and they're going to be on the field a little bit more often. And they're going to be a much improved team. And I think Mike Davis is a huge part of that. Nate, I'm I'm with you, man. I mean, w- when you have a backfield of Ito Smith, Brian Hill, Quadrioleson, and again, Haw- Hawkins is a nice player. You look at his film, yeah. you look at his college stats. Like, like the guy can play for sure. But he's like Mike Davis has been undoubted his whole career, and I think he's just one of those really good stories that could pay off for fantasy owners if this doesn't bump his ADP up to like the third or fourth round. Right. Well, and I think he's one of those guys. There, there are players in every sport where. They just they need a specific team, a specific scheme, a specific they need they need something different than what they've gotten in the past. And I think Mike Davis is one of those guys. I think this is a perfect situation for him. And I think that we're looking back on this saying, how is he going in the sixth round? My Lord, we were nuts. Arthur Smith, too, man. Arthur, Arthur Smith. Smith. Absolutely. Yeah. He, he knows how to use Derrick Henry. Mike Davis is a similar type back, yeah. better pass catching. So. I'm excited to see it, guys. Um, Mike's really hot and bothered, so I think we do need to move forward. Um, we're going to go ahead and break out our newest segment here on the show. Super excited to roll this out. Would you rather? All right, quickly want to shout out our guy, Nate Miller. Um, you can find his music at ISM, uh, Apple Music, Spotify, wherever you get your music. Super talented uh, musician we've been working with for the last three or four years. He makes all our drops here, made our theme song. Uh, super thankful for him and Third and Short, who actually uh, put that together in a video form. So thankful for those guys to continue to give us dope drops here. Um, would you rather? So you guys know this game from whether – you were drunk in college, whether you were at some uh, pre-puberty party <laughs> in high school or middle school, would you rather? I'm going to present you guys with two scenarios. We're going to go quickly around the room. We're going to talk fantasy football. We're going to talk some random life situations and just get into it. Um, I want to start here with Mike. Would you rather take Cam Akers at his current ADP? And we're taking this ADP, guys, from 
uh, best ball drafts that are happening on underdog fantasy right now. So these are a lot of industry people. They know what they're doing. Money is on the line in a lot of these leagues. So ADP, I feel like, is very accurate from underdog. Um, love what they're doing over there. Um, Cam Akers right now, Mike, he's going 12.9 to hit ADP. And Miles Sanders, since the carry on Johnson news, he's really dropped in, in ADP. He's going at 28.1. Redrafts, Mike, who are you taking? Oh, man. That's <laughs> awful. Man, I, I don't. <laughs> wow. I mean, is there, there's not a third option. Like, I can't trade out because this is terrible. <laughs> uh, I, I think I'm not, I'm not really a huge fan of either player. So when I end up in this situation, what I'm going to do is I'm obviously going to go with the lower ADP, and that is Miles Sanders. Uh, he's fine. Uh, Miles Sanders <laughs> is, is fine. He's uh, I mean, he's a good enough running back. Uh, he has some breakaway plays. Cam Akers, man, and uh, shout out to uh, Lord Don't Lose, uh, my man Lawrence Jackson, talking about how we look at players through a filter. And, I mean, damn if Cam Akers doesn't fit that mold perfectly of everybody seeing what he did at the end of the year against a light schedule mm -hmm. and putting up numbers, and all of a sudden we're ready to vault him. This is a guy who didn't really produce at Florida State, has Daryl Henson in the backfield, who honestly put up numbers when he was there too, and all of a sudden he's a first-round pick. I mean, that that's wild. His ADP in startups is almost as high as it was in rookie drafts last year, which is insane. That is and insane. Now you're talking about going to, which is, which is what I love, by the way, when we talk about how we look at life, and I love how we look at life because it's always interesting to me, and we figure that Detroit running backs can't get it done, so we fade DeAndre Swift. And yet the Detroit quarterback goes to L.A. and all of a sudden this is an RB1. Makes no damn sense. It literally makes no sense. So I am fading Cam Akers. I, I have moved him uh, where I had him previously because, again, I you know don't fall in love with players, fall in love with value. And I'm moving Cam Akers because Cam Akers legitimately has to have a career year to equal his ADP when you look at what's happening at pick 12. I mean, you're talking Tyreek Hill, right? I mean, obviously we're arguing him against Randy Moss right now, which is silly. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, but these are the types of plays you're talking about, A.J. Brown, Tyreek Hill, that you can get in that spot, and you're going with Cam Akers makes no dang sense. So if I'm going to blow a pick, which both of these options are, uh, I'd rather blow pick 28 rather than pick 12 is, I guess, the answer I'm going to give you. <laughs> All right, Scott. Um, this one's easy for me. Um, I actually do like Miles Sanders, um, but um, I still like him. Um, I just think, you know, the only time he's been healthy with a healthy offensive line was the end of his rookie year, and he produced. And so I'm, I'm kind of looking at it through that lens. Um, now I know they brought in Carryon Johnson, and I know they've drafted Kenneth Gainwell. I'm a, I'm a Gainwell guy as well. So, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be crowded, like 75% of the NFL backfields. So I, I, you know, I don't, I don't look at those carry on Johnson signings as I, like when I first started playing, I would look at that and be like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not touching Miles Sanders. His, he's useless now, but it's kind of like that same mentality where it's like with Joe Mixon, where it's like, Oh, he, he didn't pan out as a top five guy. So now he's not worth drafting at all anywhere. It's like, no, 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 no. He's, he's got some value. Mm -hmm. To me, Miles Sanders at 28 is a good value. Um, in my personal rankings, which I'm still working on for redraft, I have I have Sanders and Acres pretty close. I'm in the same exact boat as Mike with my thoughts on Cam Acres. Um, I mean, there were other running backs that shined at the at the end of the year against not that great a competition, um, and the argument, the same argument, has made for that been been made for them. Dave Montgomery, even Jonathan Taylor. The difference between difference for me between Jonathan Taylor and Cam Acres is one draft capital, two my eyeballs. Um, just watching them play. Um, so, and it, it was only a couple of games for Acres, if I'm not mistaken. You know, yeah, it was yeah. a couple of games at the end of the year. Uh, playoffs, he was really strong in the playoffs too, though. He he was he was a beast in that first round. It's true. So is Leonard Fournette. So, <laughs> yeah, um, Uncle Lenny. Yeah, but I'm definitely higher on Ronald Jones than Leonard Fournette. Anyway, 
that's a different topic. Um, so I, you know, and you it, that. It you went too far. You went, too far. you went too far. I did. <laughs> just back, back the truck up just a little bit. You went too far. Don't leave, Mike. Um, <laughs> I let you get away with saying you like Gainwell, and then you brought up Ronald Jones, and now I'm just angry. So, but <laughs> we'll talk <laughs> offline. Um, so I just like the value better with Miles Sanders at 28. Um, and I've seen the same, the, the acres and swift with people choosing acres. And that blows my mind. Um, I got swift way ahead of, of cam acres. Um, that, cause that's the other thing too. It's like the whole argument, you know, because of where they went to college, they can't succeed in the NFL. It's like, what? Just because mm-hmm. he's a lions running back. I mean, they have a completely different coaching Offense. regime in there. Now. Yeah. Scott, I, I think you hit it, man. Like I, I, I think with the Gainwell thing. No, no, not, no, not, no, easy, easy, easy. Somebody over here is trying to trigger Mike. Stop it, Nate. Nate, who are you taking at these ADPs? Because I know oh. you're kind of pawed on Cam Akers a little bit too right now. I like Cam Akers, but I'm not first round or even second round or third round or fourth round on Cam Akers. He's a guy, if he's still wow. around. So you were not hot on Cam Akers. See, I yeah, dude, that's not hot. It's okay, you so are, I'm not you hot. Cold. You're You're the opposite. I'd say I'm lukewarm on him. I think that there's potential, but I need to see it before I'm going to take him that high. So maybe in 2022, I'm taking him in the first or second round, but I'd rather take Miles Sanders that 28 pick. I and I don't even really like Miles Sanders that much. I don't like Philly's offense. Yeah. I don't like where it's headed. I don't like where they've been, what they're doing. I, I don't care for it. But I'm taking Miles Sanders. Pretty, gotcha. pretty simple. I'm honestly just going to – I'm going to agree in consensus here. Like, that's a great value for Miles Sanders, who's, who honestly carry on coming to town. I do lower him just a little bit in my rankings. We're still statting it out, so I can get you a clear answer here soon. But, Can I just say something real quick about the carry on Johnson thing and people fading him because of carry on Johnson. Does anybody remember what carry on Johnson said in camp last year when they were asked him about Deandre Swift he says, yeah, my knees can't do that. I can't move like that. My knees yeah. won't let me do that. The guy knows that he basically he's 20, 24, 24 and he has the, yeah. he has the knees of like a 44 year old. Sure. So carry on Johnson for anybody listening is a non-factor. Forget about him. He doesn't exist. He's a guy, when Miles Sanders is tired and has been on the field for, let's say, eight to ten snaps, Carrion Johnson comes in for a snap to two. And they probably don't run the ball. Yeah. Those two plays. I think it's more likely Carrion Johnson and Jordan Howard battle for a roster spot and only one of them makes the team. That's what I would say is more likely. I I can see that. I can see that for sure with Boston Scott. Kenneth Gainwell is there, there as well. I mean, I'll be honest, like, like I've been sweating Cam Akers a little bit this offseason. Um, I was hot on Gurley, his 2017 year after his down rookie year. I kind of wanted that bounce back a little bit. But right now, like you said, Mike, I mean, that is a high ADP to, to pay, man. Gurley was more uh, more towards that bottom half, uh, middle middle of the second round back in sec- or 2017. So, yeah, it, it's tough. I'd probably go Sanders. I think he's a value right now. But if Cam Maker's ADP can come more towards the the middle of the second round, I think he's going to be an RB one, just a, a lower end one at that. So sure, and I, and I don't doubt that. I think, but what it comes down to is the age old adage about fantasy football, which is you cannot win your draft in the first round, but you sure as hell can lose it. Yeah. Yep. So I'm not going to go with the guy with that limited amount of history over proven studs time and time again you just those are the types of cutesy moves that rookie players make and people who played for a while have been burned by yeah so you know make your pretty roster tell all your friends i got acres but hell i'll I'll take the guys that are actually producing it's like it's like that year i drafted cj spiller in the first round same reason i was like i was like he's gonna he's gonna take off so i'm gonna take that risk Passing on very stable and very, you know, m- almost guaranteed fantasy points yeah. for that potential in the first yeah. round. Yes. Yeah. Great call. So, so here, here's what I'll tell you, right? Let, let's just get down to brass taxes. We're talking about comparing people. If here, here's my opinion, and I want to state this as opinion before people get all bitter and angry. If you take Cam Akers over Ezekiel Elliott, in redraft and it works out for you my opinion is you got lucky but your process is broken 
Uh, And that's how I would phrase it is that when you look at what Zeke did when Dak was in the lineup, which is a very similar stretch of games to what we saw from Cam Akers, Zeke Elliott was far better than Cam Akers was with Dak in the lineup than Cam Akers was at the end of the year. So while your friends might not be impressed with how smart you are, uh, I think your process is wrong because if you're judging people on a small window like that, Zeke Elliott was a star with Dak Prescott in the league and has been a star for years. Mm-hmm. So we're talking redraft here. I don't even think it's close. Zeke Elliott over Cam Akers by a considerable amount. And I will promise you Bolton will be there at 12 in your draft. Yeah. Gotcha. Absolutely. Gotcha. All right, moving forward here in Would You Rather – um, starting with Nate here. Nate, would you rather ride a big ass roller coaster to work every day, or would you rather have to walk home a mile, rain or shine, every day? So, Seth, you know me. I don't like to walk. I don't <laughs> like to. I'll I'll hike, but I don't walk. Yeah, especially like to work. Like, do you know how sweaty I'm going to be by the time I get to work? Give me that roller coaster, Scott. Oh, I mean. Roller coaster, five thousand percent. Not even a thought. I love roller coasters. I don't mind walking. Like I'm not as adverse to walking as Nate seems to be. But <laughs> I um, have bad knees. <laughs> but I think I mean I mean great. But that would probably get old. Like, could it be a different big ass roller coaster, or is it the same big ass roller? Same coaster? one. Same one. Big ass drop, and then you're kind of just like you might just be coasting after that. But just I'll do the, it. It's give me the roller coaster. Yeah, it's more environmentally friendly too. So all right, Mike. Uh, so I'm scared of two things. In well, three things. I'm scared of three things in life: <laughs> um, clowns, hillbillies, and heights. Uh, those, those are my three fears in in life. Um, everything else, I'm kind of pretty chill with, uh, um, easy going. So, if you're talking about like a corkscrew roller coaster, that's cool. But, but if you're talking about like I have to go up and I can see, oh yeah, like, yep. you know, miles and miles ahead. Now I, now I'm good, man. I walk. Uh, <laughs> I like I like my feet on the ground. We actually did a hike um, a couple weeks ago, and there was a fire tower at the top. And it had this beautiful view, and and man, I was holding back the tears, uh, and I, I just went back down, and, and you know, my girlfriend's looking at me. I'm like, I'm not the the tough guy you think I am when it comes to heights, hillbillies, and clowns. I start crying. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll walk. Thanks. I like my feet, you know, on the awesome. ground. Where where if I fall, I'm only falling like six feet, you know, this way or that way, not like six hundred yeah. or whatever roller coasters are. No, I. I respect it. Um, I will say, if you ever do want to experience some hillbillies, man, let's like come no, on down to PA. I don't. Like, I can get you over that fear, bro. Like, there's something. Like, th- there are some really nice hillbillies that are approachable. So I went to a farm party one night, and it was funny because like my buddy knew like uh, what what my fears were, and I talked to him ahead of time. And um, so I went to leave the party, and. He, uh, one of his friends goes to me, hey, Mike, where you headed out? And he looks at, he looks at his own buddy and goes, Mike's scared of all of us and the sun's going down. So he's <laughs> out. I'm like, bro, I do farm parties during the day, but at night, nah, man, nah, I'm going to go home and, and watch some Netflix because did last you, thing I need is some moonshine and people think I have a pretty mouth. You know what I mean? Um, did you want you? So you've seen Deliverance too many times. I, I've, I've, I, I know that like if I drive through the hood, um, I might get shot and you know, that that's clean and easy, but you know, <laughs> you, you go to the backwoods and, and, and they, 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 they play and, and man, no. <laughs> do, pe- do people watch deliverance a lot of times? Doesn't I seem don't. like the type of movie I never people watch a lot of times. I don't. I watched it once and I'm Yeah, good. it just doesn't seem once like it- a- uh, yeah, holds its replay value. We watch it every Friday in our house. That's weird. We don't. <laughs> really? I dude, yeah. I haven't I haven't seen that movie in 20 years, but that one time for that movie, plenty. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, we got to move forward here, guys. Time is of the essence. Um, we're going to move towards some more life questions here. Would you rather win your favorite league for two years in a row, um, but then you don't make the playoffs for the next five straight, or would you rather guarantee your spot in the playoffs for the next five years, but your best player gets hurt 
every year and you don't have them for the playoffs. Mike, starting you, starting with you, are you taking the two years of championship and then the long non-playoff drought, or are you taking you're in the playoffs every year, but you got to be crafty and replace your best player? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm gonna take the replace my best player. It, I'm gonna have I'm gonna mess around with it and have some fun. Uh, figure it out. Not to mention, if I already know ahead of time that that's coming, uh, you know, I'll make sure I have that bench. <laughs> Uh, but but realistically, when you get to the fantasy playoffs, and I know we're not supposed to say this because, you know, this is supposed to be analytics, but uh, so, so much luck comes into yeah. once you get to that final six yep. uh, that really it's anybody's game. So I would take the chance that if I'm going to make the playoffs every single year, that I'm going to pop two of them without my best player. I mean, I've done it multiple times in the past. In, in fact, I think all of my championships have had these oddities to them, you know, these bad luck things that make them kind of special. Like, you know, I know you guys are all young pups, but having to pick up Kurt Warner, uh, you know, because I lost my quarterback early or, you know, filling in. I remember one year I won it with Gary Clark when he was a stud for the Miami Dolphins. If you want to go way back to the nineties, uh, you know, guys like that carried my team when Andre Risen went down, um, you know, mm-hmm. so realistically the, you know, the chances of winning two championships in, in those seven year stretch or whatever it is, is fairly high without your best player. And you have a chance at more, um, you know, just guaranteeing the two and then sitting home for the next five years. I'm good. That's boring, man. Yep. Scott, Nate. I'm right there. It's it, this one wasn't even a thought. I've, I've only missed the playoffs a couple of times since I started playing fantasy. Um, you know, no big deal, <laughs> but it's true. Like I've only missed it. I've only, I've only won a couple of championships. I haven't won that many, but I've, I, I usually make the playoffs and the few times I haven't, it really sucks. It really, really sucks to join. If you've got a loser's bracket or whatever it is that early. Yeah. So I would much rather be in the playoffs every year and take my chances. And I think, it, you know, like I like a good challenge like that, you know, try and figure, figure out how to, how to make it work, even if my best player gets hurt. Yeah. Um, I mean, even if I don't win any of those seven or whatever seven seasons we're talking about, I would much rather be be in the hunt. Yeah, for all of them, hundred percent. Put me in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Put me in, coach. So mm-hmm. I just took. So Mike, I just want to make a point here, real quick. He said that we're all young pups. I'm pretty sure he's the second youngest person on this show. <laughs> just to throw it out there. Well, I'm older than you, Nate. And yeah, Seth's I know you older, are. Seth's older than all of us. <laughs> yes, he is. I mean, Absolutely. looking looking good for your fifties, dude. I was definitely not playing fantasy football with any Andre Risens on my team, though. Not because I, I couldn't. Really? Not because I couldn't. I mean, I'm I'm forty forty one, about to be forty two. So I, I don't know. There he is. I I, oh, I hi, will Mike. say I will say what I lack in age, I make up for in experience. I can remember my first ever league. Um, I can remember drafting first two rounds ever, not knowing what I was doing. Drafting Brett Favre with the Vikings and Donovan McNabb his first year uh, with with Washington, and so I think that was about 2010. So, did you just mention experience and then Brett Favre on the Vikings? <laughs> he did. He did. I remember him on Green Bay, but I didn't play fantasy at that point. But uh, guys, Mike had, when he, Matt, Mike had Favre when he was on the Falcons. Dude, my first yeah. fantasy, the first player I ever took in fantasy was Randall Cunningham when he was still a Philadelphia Eagle. First right. pick I ever so, made in fantasy football was Joe Montana. So why don't you go hang out in the corner there, champ? I'll let you know that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and, and it's funny when we talk about this question, that is actually the perfect – example of um i drafted montana first and he did go down mm-hmm. but back then you handcuffed quarterbacks because we didn't know what else to do so steve young <laughs> carried me and uh yeah so that that kind of fits with this question i guess too that Dope. that team won it all so oh the edge. all right all right guys we're gonna move forward to our final section of the show we're gonna give a bit a little bit of weekly advice Weekly. All right. So those new to the show, weekly advice is our way of tying a bow on a lot of our shows. 
Here in Between Media, we like to mix both life and fantasy sports advice. You can see that behind me. Uh, that's kind of our motto here. That's what we like to do. Nate, since I've known you, Scott, since I've known you, Mike, since I've known you, um, we've been very immersed in the COVID-19 pandemic. Since In Between Media's been live, the only reason it got, got to be created was because I was furloughed due to the pandemic. So, you know, a lot of silver linings in the pandemic. We talked a lot of, about it a lot here at In Between Media, whether it be in our columns, whether it be here on the podcast or YouTube series. Um, but recently here, uh, CDC this week, they announced that mask wearing for fully vaccinated individuals in circum- certain circumstances um, is no longer needed. So, th- Nate, you kind of talked about this in your latest column, how we get back to normal. It- it's been so long since we've seen it, since we felt that, since we've been in a-, a concert crowd or at a sporting event. Nate, starting with you, man, what advice can you give to our listeners and viewers tonight about how we start approaching to get back to normal? So um, tomorrow I will be considered fully vaccinated. It will have been two weeks since my last shot, which is, it's a weird, so we went to Costco today before this show because we needed to buy Trulies and Coors Light, of course, and it's cheapest at Costco. And like half, only half of the people there were wearing masks. Here in Colorado, most of the mask restrictions have been lifted. Okay. Actually, in our specific county, there are, everything's back to normal. Okay. There are no there are no capacity limits. There are no mask orders. Nothing like okay. no no social distancing. And it's weird, man. It's mm-hmm. weird because like I haven't hung out with real people in over a year, and then all of a sudden, I'm hanging out with Dave and Emily Kluge a couple weekends ago. Like mm-hmm. getting to you made relationships in this pandemic that were virtual and that were long distance don't feel like those weren't real relationships and real friendships because they absolutely were. And I learned that I've now hung out with Dave twice and I consider him to be a good friend. He's a great person. I bonded with him via Twitter and there, I mean, all three of the people, all three of you guys here on the show, I consider you to be good friends because we just because it's virtual doesn't mean it wasn't real. So don't forget about these people that you've bonded with over the last year and a half. They, they, they definitely gave something to your life and hold on to that. Don't forget about it. And remember, you can reintegrate at your own pace. Wear a, if, you're, if you're not comfortable going without a mask, even if you're vaccinated, keep wearing a mask. If you want to wear gloves, if you want to keep sanitizing your hands, keeping social distancing, do it. I know I'm going to because I don't like, I don't like people. <laughs> at least not in this city. I, I like a lot of people, just not here. So, I mean, that's my advice. Like move at your own pace. Don't forget the friendships you made, whether it's zoom, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Reddit, whatever it is. And let's get back to normal. Awesome. Just say, I want to go to a game. I want to go to a concert. Yeah. I, I want to go wait. to a bar. Like, yeah. yeah. I can't wait to go to a packed, whatever the hell the stadium's called up here now, Lumen field mm-hmm. or something or a Mariner game. You know, I just haven't done that in a long time. And Nate, you returned the favor. You stole kind of both mine. Sorry. Um, (laughs) You know, do do what's comfortable for you. But I want to echo what you said about the friendships that you may or may not have made virtually. For one, the term long distance relationship is kind of antiquated at this point. Well, yeah. Well, no, but I mean, I get it. And it's still used. But I mean, with modern technology, it really isn't. Um, Just the fact that we're talking to each other through a lot of, you know, text on Twitter or whatever it might be. And through screens like this, I mean, that's just kind of become more normal anyway, even before the pandemic. So I agree. It's absolutely, you know, okay. So there are, there are, you know, there's some fake ass shit going on out there. And we all know that, but that doesn't mean you should be uh, hesitant that what you've created, as long as you believe it is not real. Like I've made a lot of friends here in a short amount of time and people can look in that and people can look at that and have their opinions because it maybe doesn't fit within their little structure of what friendship is or whatever. And that's fine. They can do that. That doesn't change anything about how I feel or how you feel. So um, be grateful for it. You know, like I'm super grateful that I found this place. Um, You know, I mean, it seems like it was meant to be in a way, you know, and it was also because of the pandemic, you know, I I don't know if I would have, would have would have reached out uh, if it wasn't for that, but it doesn't really matter because that's what happened. Just be grateful for it, you know, and just try and try and spend your energy 
where you want to. Yeah. Awesome. Appreciate that, Scott. And and Mike, what do you got for us, man? Yeah, man. So it's been a year, a little over a year now since we have been taught to be afraid of people. Like and that that does things mentally. So realistically, like you've had people now decide of a date of a calendar. For us, it's the 29th when everything goes back to normal. But people don't work like a light switch. So just be just be open with people. Just be upfront. If you're feeling anxious, tell them like, hey, I'm I'm still not ready yet. I mean, the cool thing is, right, you can wade back in. It's it's summer. Mm-hmm. It's you know, it's summer. Mm-hmm. You can do outdoor barbecues, you can make your way back into things you don't have to. And, and I'm with you guys, man. I, I mean, I'd love to catch a concert or a ball game, but I ain't doing that stuff anytime soon. Uh, I'm going to start with just like hanging out with my friends for a little while, <laughs> right? You know, start with maybe a fire pit and a couple beers and, and work our way up from there because just because the calendar flipped to a date that people say, okay, well, now we're done here, that doesn't mean you are. And that also doesn't mean you're wrong or you're broken or you're different or you're antisocial. There is no right answer. There is no playbook for this. So give yourself a dang break, you know, give yourself a chance to breathe and give yourself to figure out what your new normal is. Cause I promise you, you've changed mm-hmm. over the past year. We all have, and that's cool too. Just be upfront and open. And I mean, that's not even just pandemic advice. That's just in general, right? We're like, we're all here on Twitter to be yourself, be honest, who cares? Right. And, and if people don't, aren't cool with that, screw them, man. We don't, we don't need that shit in our life. Like just do what's best for you. Be happy, but don't feel like you have to rush because of a date on a calendar. Feel like, you know, you're going to do what's best for you so that you can be the best person possible you know if that means hey i'm still gonna hang out outside until september hey you got nice weather coming man that's all good just do that you know yeah. and if my friends told me hey mike i want to hang out but i'm not hanging out inside right now dude this was behind my house go take a piss if you have to i'll light the fire we'll drink some beers we'll sit six feet apart if you want because that's what friends do like yep. you 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 go towards the lowest common denominator and say, let's get to what we can do where everybody's comfortable. And if your group isn't vibing that, if your group is saying, no, you got to get your ass in here, what's wrong with you? Get a new group, man. Life's too short for that shit. So do what's best, right? So, yep. Wow. Wow. I I appreciate that. And and this is why I really do appreciate being immersed within this fantasy football industry and community guys is, because without this, I wouldn't have met you guys and all three of you. And like the the amount that I continue to learn every day, whether it be from my colleagues here in between media or friends I've made in this industry like Mike, um, it, it really does make me feel super thankful for everything that's happened within the last year. I know like I, I wish COVID didn't happen. I wish we didn't have to go through this society. A lot of a lot of deaths that didn't need to happen. And, and I, I hate that. And I hate that people want to get sick. Um, but, but there are a lot of silver linings here. And as far as, you know, I know there might be some people uh, more my age who have been out and about a little bit more um, just because the risk is a little bit lower. Um, m- myself and my girlfriend, um, we don't have a lot of time to go out personally just between doing our full-time jobs and being immersed within the fantasy football industry and in between media. Um, but I really just want to echo what you guys said there. Like in fantasy football a lot of time, I like to take in other opinions, other people's perspectives. That's why I'm in the fantasy football community is to hear other people's opinions. But when it comes to this, I would recommend them was having a little bit of tunnel vision. Like Mike said, do do whatever is at your pace. I mean, a lot of it's been a challenging time these last, uh, you know, what, 14 months at this point. I mean, it feels crazy to almost even like to, to hear those words from the CDC this week. I was shocked. I was like a little mm-hmm. bit taken back and just had to really like take in more information. So do your own research, go at your own pace, do what, what's comfortable to you and your family, your significant other. 
Um, I, I think all that's great, guys. And I, I'm really excited for the opportunity to eventually get together with all of you guys who we've met throughout this industry within the last year. For sure. um, super thankful for that. But yeah, I, I, I think there's nothing left to say. You guys really hit it on the head. Let's go at our own pace. Let's, you know, appreciate these friendships and these relationships that we've made virtually. And we're going to continue to do that. Um, I just want to echo really quickly. Thank you so much for the all the support the last almost 12 months now. Um, it's almost been a year that In Between Media has been launched. Um, we've had the opportunity to go on a lot of other shows and platforms and express our views and, and our takes in fantasy sports, but also just people clicking on our articles and sharing them and, and all the positive feedback. Like it, it is overwhelming at, at times. Like, mm-hmm. and, and honestly, just to build these relationships with, with Nate and, and Scott, like you guys are two of my best friends and, and like, I don't care that Scott, you're on a different coast than me, man. You're, you're old enough to be my dad. And, and I still look at you. I still look at you guys like friends, honestly. Like I, I do, honestly. Like you guys are some of my oh. best friends. So I can't take that for granted and I won't. So um we, we will be here all off season. We're here every other week here on Wednesday, 7 30 Eastern time. You can check us out. Um podcast version drops on Fridays. We got columns coming out um consistently throughout the week. Mike, thank you so much for being here, man. This is long overdue, yeah. and it was a blast to have thank you. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, guys, thanks for having me on. This has been a really good time. Give me a holler if you ever want to get back together, collab on some things. You know I'm always down. So, Absolutely, man. Absolutely, Mike. Uh, gr- great times and, and some great slogans like F. Cole Komet have been formed uh, with, with you around. Um, so I, I will personally take – Mike, you and I, our dialogue on that one show back in December, I will personally take that credit for – building the Cole Komet hype train that has been and will disappoint this season. But no matter what, man, uh, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate everyone out there in the industry, in the community, everyone out there virtually taking in our content. We're going to continue to be here for you, even though uh, we do see the end of the light at the pandemic. So we'll continue to be here, guys, and we're going to continue to keep it in between. And I recommend you do the same. Until next time, I'm Seth, uh, Nate Polvote, Scott Reinier, Mike Faela, Daddy's Home, man. We're out until next time. Keep it in between, guys. Yeah, I found myself somewhere in between. The In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. So one thing that you know really sets us apart here is, is we're not afraid to talk about other things that maybe aren't super fantasy related. Do what you can to become a better person, to become a better human.